with IC technologies, improving the performance of EVs using gallium nitride transistors. Dear audience, my name is Ludmila Der. I'm the Managing Director of Elite Experts Conferences and I would like to welcome you to the next episode of the Elite Experts Conferences podcast. Whether at live events or in the digital world, we bring together cool promising tech startups with exciting innovative global players and generate a platform where the world of sustainable technology meets. Get to know the different companies, but also the inspiring leader personalities behind these brand names. Our motto is towards a better and cleaner future through knowledge transfer and technology. Our guest today is Dr. Tamara Bakst. Dr. Tamara Bakst is CEO at VisIC Technologies and that already for more than 10 years. Tamara studied physics at Tomsk State University in Russia and completed her PhD at Tel Aviv University. Tamara, you have a lot of experience with multidisciplinary gallium nitride projects, starting with research work, but also budgeting, transferring products to production and providing customer support. You have always shown very strong manager qualities, as you, for example, secured financing for your research projects from the Chief Science Office and Bird Foundation. Almost 11 years ago, you completed phase one of a multi-million US dollar multi-year gallium nitride program one year ahead of initial schedule, which is also quite impressive. It's a dream of everyone who manages projects. And then your journey with VisIC Technologies began. And now I would like to say a few words about what VisIC Technologies actually stands for. VisIC Technologies was founded 10 years ago to be a technology licensor and a provider of high-voltage, high-volume gallium nitride devices to the rapidly growing power conversion market. By the way, high voltage means here 650 volt and above. Nowadays, you offer a wide range of inverters and onboard chargers. Even if automotive business is the most obvious area of application for you, high voltage gallium nitride technology benefits numerous markets beyond the automotive sector. Enough for the introduction. Let us now talk about the developments in the automotive industry, about the past, present and future of semiconductor technologies, about innovative thinking, about the higher purpose of VisIC technologies, business corporations and leadership challenges. Tamara, we can go into the subject of semiconductors from a more historical perspective. How did the technological landscape of semiconductors and the applications look like almost 10 years ago? In other words, before the founding of VisIC Technologies. 10 years ago, gallium nitride had been exotic material related mostly to electro-optics and not really known to mainstream semiconductor people working in mass-market semiconductors. When we say semiconductors, we typically mean companies like TSMC, UMC, XFAB, Intel, these names. GAN, as we knew it in 2010, when we established VisaIC, had been close to impossible to manufacture in uh, such companies. And a big jump with a big J happened when GAN on silicon growth became reliable and mainstream semiconductor factories got opportunity to process GAN. And that had been a point when history started to turn on. What has changed technologically in these 10 years? Where do we stand now? And uh, today, GAN could be compared with silicon uh, circa 1980 probably. 
Uh, some applications are already up and running. Many more applications are in development and uh, some will widely succeed, uh, some not, and uh, some will appear that we do not know yet. And the most important baseline manufacturing process exists today and well known in GAN community. Community is not wide yet, but it is rapidly growing. And I can say that essentially, gallium nitrate is all about power. If you need more power with high efficiency at given conditions, as given space or given weight, GAN is your choice. And today, GAN made its winning entry into EV drives and into fast charging and some space applications. And uh, it is with every year, each year it becoming more and more mature. Did this IC Technologies originated as a spin-off company of a research institute or what is your founding history? This IC had been founded as an independent company, founded by Gregory, my long-term partner, and myself. And behind it, there had been two driving forces. Uh, first one is an aspiration to use our GAN knowledge we had at that point to make something real, tangible, to deliver a real product useful to many people in this world. And the second one had been a dream to participate in a startup nation phenomenon. Israel ahead and still has very supportive culture to startup, very low price to failures, cultural price. And I had this, my own dream, internal push to start and to try. And that had been how VisaIC uh, had been founded. What is the higher purpose that VisaIC Technologies stands for? Which vision motivates you to develop your technologies continuously? What we want, we want to build large-scale successful business. And we want to convert our gallium nitrate knowledge into useful products. And the constant development is a key process. Because, let's say, Texas Instruments had started its semiconductor business with one single patent for germanium transistors. If TechTI stopped innovation there, we would know not know Texas Instruments as we know today with uh, thousands of products and the deep developed silicon industry. So to reach our goals, we need at the same time to have a solid deep technological foundation that we have today and keep continuous development and uh, innovation of this knowledge because world does not stop on the same place. We need constantly look around, see what progress had been done and keep up and include relevant things into our technological knowledge and value. I don't want to hold back an interesting story from our audience, so I would like to ask a somewhat unusual sounding question. What does a beautiful butterfly have to do with your vision of the future? The mentioned butterfly can be seen in your logo in a very abstract way nowadays, but it was very realistically integrated into the logo just some time ago. Indeed, for almost nine years, we had a, a very graphical logo of butterfly included into hexagon form. And uh, behind it had been a thinking that with our technology, 
we making electrification of this world better and more available. So we contribute into reduction of CO2, uh, into better ecology, and butterfly is a bet one of the best indicators of ecological life. Ecological life. If you know, scientists are tracing changing of temperature by butterflies, and in addition, humanity maybe it's brutal, can live without polar bears, but it cannot live without insects. And butterfly is one of these insects. Without insects, we all will die from hunger. And we enable, we help to live to all insects and butterflies and in some way help to humanity and making it through gallium nitrate. And uh, recently we made a rebranding and we keep this better flavor, it made it more stylistic. And uh, you can interpret it today as a butterfly or possibly just in a very nicely looking AC wave of AC current. While silicon carbide devices and gallium nitride transistors are already qualified in many emerging applications, silicon-based devices are still dominating in most applications. The transition phase can mean a few decades. There are several reasons for this. Silicon-based devices still have substantial further development potential. The electrical and thermal performance is outstanding. The reliability is good because of many years in application and the cost is low. But still, how can the transition be accelerated and will it be driven by technology or rather by cost? I mean, in order to make products from the technological sector sustainable and relevant to the market, it is always good if there are not only technological advantages, but also financial ones. What does the switch to gallium nitride technology mean? I think the transition to new products is always driven by value for customers. We have numerous examples, starting from modern sanitation systems, aka bathrooms, to refrigerators versus ice storage and to iPhone revolution. So it is not always a cost. Uh, let's take refrigerator is much more expensive than the ice box. Uh, however, you will not find ice boxes even at remote locations. And uh, that's because the bottom line, the refrigerator makes life easier and uh, reduces overall operational cost of eating good food. So value of our product is in high efficiency at high power density, which in practical view means smaller drivetrain and smaller means also cheaper and means easier. And the better use of battery charge, which has its value for both car makers, which are customers of our customers, and to end customers. Uh, as a very simple saying, our products enable half size and lower system costs. Tamara, does VCC Technologies offer plug-and-play systems or are your solutions completely tailor-made for every customer? Actually, neither one. We manufacture the same transistor for all customers for given application. And it is a beauty of semiconductors because we can use economy of scale. So we manufacture at very high scale and the product is much more affordable for all customers. However, customers need to invest 
into drivetrain to adopt it to gallium nitride. And as a result, superior system will be delivered to customers. So there is a learning curve for industry. And in VISA-IC, we made it point of pride that we provide very close support to our customers on all stages of development, from initial evaluation and up to final testing. Uh, we invest into serious engineering support and ensure that our customer can make this learning curve in an easy way. What effect do gallium nitride semiconductors have on performance? Could you possibly give practical examples of the relationship between motor efficiency and drive range? Actually, effect is a dramatic one. Motor efficiency could be improved by, say, 10% over the driving cycle. One can say 10% of efficiency is not a significant factor. But we need to look not only on efficiency, but on loss side. Losses are matters. So losses, it is a difference between 100% and efficiency. And since there is no magic in this world, all numbers between 100% and actual efficiency are converted to heat, which must be reduced out of system. And when we are talking about improving in efficiency at the same time, we talk about power losses reduction from 15% to 5%, which means improvement of factor three. It is significant performance change and also cost reduction because when you convert it to thermal management system cost. In addition, increase of motor efficiency means improvement in driving range. And the Tesla demonstrated that only 4% of motor efficiency improvement could be converted into up to 10% driving range increase. So what 10% of motor efficiency can bring? That's our customers need to answer on this question. And the last significant effect is a car cost. With higher efficiency, car spend less charge from battery to the same distance. And so battery size could be reduced. Since battery is the most expensive part in the electric car, cost reduction might reach $1,000. And $1,000 of manufacturing cost is a significant one for car makers. So effect is a dramatic one. Getting the right financing at the right time is, of course, one of the usual challenges in a startup reality. What other challenges do you currently have to cope with be it technological or structural? Uh, today, for with IC, main challenges are growth challenges. And uh, working on cutting edge of technology, we need brilliant people, able to learn fast and apply this knowledge in a flexible and efficient way. So I adopted policy that the right person is much more important than location. And we are hiring our brilliant employees where we find them. As a result, our company is distributed between uh, Santa Barbara and Phoenix on one side and uh, Shanghai and Sinchu on the other side. Tamara, let me go over scaling and your expansion plans again. 
Your R&D headquarters is in Israel with 100% production in Taiwan. You're also in the US, in Shanghai and in China. Since you have been doing business across national borders for a long time, how did you ensure a functioning knowledge transfer? And is the special situation this year a catalyst for even more digitalization and remote working and managing remote working teams? Uh, roughly from mid-18, uh, when Dr. Kurt Smith joined to lead our reliability group while residing in Santa Barbara, and most of his group is in Israel. After some trial and error, we came to use Microsoft Team as a main pl platform and uh, quite happy with this one. So I cannot say that Corona improved anything in our digitalization. If so, we have some minor challenge in our organization work because before Corona, we had a quarterly company week when all hands, all company had been coming into the quarter for meetings, discussions, uh, work seminars, and face-to-face -face meetings. And currently, we just limited. We cannot do it. So we are reduced for full digitalization live as we had been at the very start of the company. By doing business in different countries, you see different trends, new technologies, and new developments in society. What are your personal highlights? What positive technical developments and implementations have you noticed in different countries? Uh, yes, I can see different trends, and there are cultural differences uh, between countries. Decision to change technological platform from silicon or silicon carbide is a very complex strategic decision. And methodology of making this decision is different in, let's say, Europe countries or in China, uh, which both in very high strategic interest for our company. What is interesting, when we are com coming down to earth to actual designers, to engineers who are de facto doing, doing new designs, These engineers have very similar attitude to seek excellence and to push technical solution beyond limits possible with silicon. And uh, this is a very exciting process to participate in. And we can see how engineering thinking and innovation are similar in all cultures, non-understanding where it happens. You're expanding, and not only geographically, but also across industries, as I already said in the introduction. In which other areas can one find your products? Our main focus uh, is drivetrains. Uh, however, when customer need our product in other industry and for other solutions, we support such customers. And one can find our devices designed in charging stations, uh, in photovoltaic system, and uh, in some case of industrial motors. Uh, personally, I believe that gallium nitrate with time will expand in many areas, and uh, we will expand product portfolio beyond automotive. However, I think we will stay in areas where high power 
meters, high power, high current, high voltage, that is where our specialty is. The age of electrification has begun. And we are the witnesses, the happy witnesses of this radical transformation of the entire automotive industry. Are you prepared in your current status for the fact that the demand for your products will increase immensely? Yes, we are well prepared for this. Actually, we planned for this event. And sharp increase in demand is the reason we are started to work with top manufacturing companies. Such companies, for example, famous TSMC, are ready to support fast-growing volume required by automotive industry. And uh, what is probably more important, to do this with required automotive certification. So yes, we are ready and we are waiting. VisIC Technologies has been in the international media just recently because you announced the cooperation with Zeta Friedrichshafen, a well-known German global player. Could you briefly explain what you intend to do together? Our target is to bring to market the best inverter for electric vehicles in class and uh, to do this using VisIC gallium nitrate devices. And this task is very technically interesting. When you hear very technically interesting, typically in translation from engineering to normal language, that means that the task is quite challenging. And it is indeed true because it's always a challenge to create new value, more so when two different companies and two different disciplines should integrate their knowledge into one system. And in this case, we indeed succeeded to create meaningful productive cooperation with the dev team. And I am extremely proud to work with such a talented team. Do look for further partnerships and cooperations. If so, what strategic orientation should these companies have? What is important to you? Yes, absolutely. We are looking for strategic partnership with large automotive companies, uh, with bold and innovative automotive companies, with companies who strive to bring outstanding value to customers. Uh, we are working in close partnership with few other companies than the DEF, and uh, we invest significant resources to support all our partners and help them to create value for them, their customers. Which three words would say the most about your company culture? I would say that these are professionalism in terms of deeply technological thinking in problem solving uh, and the tenacity in meaning of both persistence uh, to reaching targets and uh, courage to be not afraid to take difficult tasks and uh, to resolve uh, challenges. What were the biggest lessons learned for you so far in your role as CEO? Complex question. Uh, and these are different lessons. The point is that CEO of a startup is a very changing role. And uh, at very stage, there are different roles. Let's say it's a nurturing R&D team at very early stage. Uh, it is more defining mar market and very much outbound uh, later on. 
building the self-driven organization structure very much inbound on the next stage. So probably the only one common denominator for all stages is value creation. So investment of existing resources in a most efficient way to raise company value. So up to now, every quarter, lessons I learned as CEO are different. And my main takeaway as a CEO of a startup, probably it's right for any company, is that CEO needs to be at the same time very flexible in thinking and very firm in keeping the main goal of company in focus. Life in a startup environment is very fast moving, very demanding. A lot of new things, a lot to learn. Where do you learn the most in your current role as a leader, but also as a personality? I learned most that failure is not a problem. Avoiding to accept failure and avoiding possibility of failure in the future is a problem. Nothing new can be created without failures. And it's not only fail early, fail fast uh, doctrine, but it is more planning for failures. In this context, I like idea of Daniel Kahneman of pre-mortem analysis. What will go wrong while we will fail? And uh, this attitude of not avoiding failures, but planning for them, I found very uh, good to adapt, learned adopt in both professional and the personal life. Mistakes are inherent part of any success. Nothing new and nothing meaningful could be created without making mistakes. Uh, and many times without making numerous mistakes on a path. And uh, definitely I made my share of mistakes. The list is long and uh, quite entertaining. I believe that it doesn't count how you fail or how anyone fails. What counts is how you continue after failure. And uh, this vision I try to bring to company and uh, that's attitude I have for failures of others. Everyone fails. We need to come up and move on learning from these failures. Ten years in the startup environment with the incredible speed of change as you basically built the path as you go. What was the most significant moment or milestone for WISIC technology so far? I think that the most significant moment, the most significant milestone is still to come. We are in a journey, in a process and in a building process of a company, of a business, of new technology. And uh, each quarter brings new achievements. Uh, it could be successful prototype, customer approval, a great contributor joined to our company, uh, cooperation announcement like VZF. But we are really are still very far from the top of the mountain. So in this way, each achievement, each milestone opens uh, new challenges to complete. And uh, I think the most significant will come. Everyone needs something different to be open to inspiration. What inspires you? When and where do you develop new business ideas or also new technological ideas? For me, these are books. 
I'm a bookworm, reading anywhere and everything I see. And the new ideas are coming to me while reading. That's for me the most productive time. And uh, it could be professional books like uh, semiconductor devices of Michael Schur or Z or motor drives and electric cars uh, or books of management like by Andy Groove or Daniel Kahneman or even books like Robert Jordan or Lee Child. They could be a great inspiration ideas coming even from this. So for me, it's reading. Tamara, and now I'm interested in your leadership style. Please describe yourself as leader in only three words. It's a hard question to describe yourself. And uh, I like to give space to create to people. And uh, I prefer to think that I'm uh, quite a democratic leader. And I believe that happy people are the most efficient people. I appreciate professionals deeply and I do not tolerate politics and company. Regarding your role as CEO in the past 10 years, were your decisions more driven by your intuition or data-based? Good question. And uh, I have uh, two answers, a short one and a long one. A short answer is a data-driven. Always data-based and must be so. A long answer, as you hear, I had been born in Soviet Russia in a Siberian city named Tomsk. And uh, I moved to Israel when I had been 29, already grown up with degrees. And cultural gap between Russian upbringing and the Western world, especially in corporate culture and in a conflict resolve area, is of colossal proportions. So I learned, and I learned on hard way, that each action that I based on intuition, on my gut feeling, is wrong. So that what I learned that I must stop, think, analyze, gather data, and get decision based on data. Only in this way it will be successful for business. What do you do if, despite the best planning, something doesn't go well? How do you manage to get back on a positive course? Think. Bring in the most relevant team members or people from my network. Tell the story. Hear the answer. And uh, analyze the data. And think about the best way to get out of hard situation. I sometimes ask my guests for the best advice they have ever received. This time, I would like to ask it the other way around. What advice do you sometimes hear that doesn't need to be addressed to you that you disagree with? A good one. The most damaging advice for me had been go and listen to such and such advice from such and such person. And in listening, and trying to apply very foreign situation and very foreign experience to our company and to our situation, I lost time, sometimes precious time, and wasted resources. Uh, so from my side, I think advice should be do not listen to many advices. 
believe in your decisions. Gather data where needed, but trust to your own decision. You have the most information and the best vision of the situation as a CEO. Tamara, you have a very nice hobby where you transfer your lessons learned to management. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about it? Yes, actually, I have a few hobbies beyond reading. And one of them, which I discovered is very relevant to being a good man manager, is a horse riding. Uh, I started to ride horses, I think, in age of 12. And uh, it is an English style, so jumping, dressage. And one of significant lessons is that you cannot fight with horse. Horse is a five to 700 kilo of muscles. And uh, once you start to fight with horse, you will lose always. And the way to make horse to do what you want is a complex one. It is a listening and cooperation and the training and the trust. And uh, funny enough, but skills that required from good manager are more or less the same. And when I work with talented people, if I get to fight with them, I will lose. They are much more talented in their areas than me. So that's a direct correlation between horse riding and the management skills for me. And uh, another one very dear for me uh, lately are my grandchildren. Uh, it is uh, beyond hobby, it is joy of my life. And uh, being CEO has a one big drawback. I do not have enough time for all things I love to do. And uh, if anyone wants to found a startup to add a couple of hours per day, I am investing. Count on me. Tamara, do you have a model or a guiding quote that has accompanied you through your life? Yes, uh, that most of problems can be resolved by focused and sustainable thinking. I believe in thinking. Thank you, Tamara, for taking the time to be our guest in the Elite Experts Conferences podcast today. As you said, gallium nitride is all about power. And so we will continue to find you where the high power density is needed. We will, of course, continue to monitor your cooperation with ZF Friedrichshafen really as well, And I'm looking forward to your groundbreaking developments together. And then, with so much dedication, commitment and willingness to innovate, the top of the mountain won't be far away. Seeing the electrification trend, I also really believe that the most important moment for WISIC technologies is still to come. Thank you once again for giving us some personal insights into leadership and personal growth. Interesting and actually surprising that you do not rely on your intuition. This was mentioned by our previous guest as very important, and I would also confirm it from my personal experience. Nevertheless, people are different, and it's also good that you can reach your goals with different methods. May you dream to participate in the startup nation phenomenon, as you mentioned it, not only come true, but exceed your expectations and goals. Thank you very much, Tamara. First, I'm very grateful to you uh, to invite me to this podcast and for asking great questions and patiently listening to my answers. And I'm deeply grateful to everyone who helped personally to me 
and uh, to this IC company to get to the point where we are today, to uh, help to overcome many failures and uh, those who brought ideas, practical help and trust to me and to our company. Thank you. And a little bit on our own behalf. Again, many thanks to all from our network who actively submit their question to our guests in advance. For those of you who are new to our network, we always announce the next guest on LinkedIn and on our podcast website before we do the podcast so that you have time to submit your questions. This way you will have the opportunity to interact actively with the most amazing people from the technical world. Of course, you can also ask your questions to our guests after the podcast, who will try to answer them as best as they can. Knowledge is only of use if it's shared and applied. There are many ways to achieve a more sustainable future. There are many companies and innovative leaders who choose and actively go very different ways. Let's just not forget one thing. No matter how different the ways are, the big goal is one and the same. See you very soon in the next episode.